just a heads up, everyone. Though we look at things through an optimistic lens on this show, some of the topics may be triggering and some of the language may be adult. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm Jenna Edwards, and I've overcome some pretty serious adversity in my life. And I just recently realized it was all because of this mindset I call aggressive optimism. I knew I wasn't the only one living with this way of thinking, and as I always say, there's a million ways to do anything. So I wanted to do this podcast so I could have conversations with others and learn how they overcome adversity and achieve their big goals and dreams and create the life they want to live. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards, and today I'm going to be talking with speaker and stress reduction expert, Ryan Dunphy. Hi, Ryan. Good afternoon, Jenna. How are you today? I am awesome, Ryan. Thank you so much for being on the show. You guys, Ryan has 13 years using his unique brand of positivity and motivation, which you know I'm all about, uh, helping everyone from individuals like us to Fortune 500 companies reduce stress and better manage health. He's taken his work hard, play hard mentality to the parents with his new community, and I am personally super stoked to talk to him about his community and what he does in the world and his speaking because who cannot use a positive approach to stress management. I don't think anybody can. So Ryan, let's get started. Hi. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Yes. Uh, 2019, just a wee bit of stress here as we're recording this. We're uh, almost halfway through November. So uh, the most wonderful time of the year, but can also for some people be the most stressful time of the year. Mm, that's actually a really good point. I love that. I didn't even think about the timing of this wonderful podcast episode that we're recording actually. But now that you brought it up, um, I am hoping at the end of the show that your advice to everybody will be centered around stress reduction for the holidays because that's a great idea. Totally. Um, but before we get there, I really want to talk to you about um, like, obviously, we all come to these massive, amazing careers. Ryan and I met at a workshop put on by the incredible Jake Valentine, who I am working to schedule on the show because he's magical. And he's actually the reason I am speaking to high school students. So got to give a big shout out to Jake. And Ryan is one of these just magnificent humans who was there at a point where I really needed support. We don't have to get into that story, but like the minute I met you, Ryan, I was like, oh my gosh, you're my people. This is so amazing. Thank you. Yeah, we clicked. Planet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I say that to say all of us have stories that have led us to what we're doing now and Ryan is no exception to that and so I wanted to ask you Ryan what is has been your biggest challenge like what got you into stress reduction because that's not a field that people go into without having experience in stress sure sure yeah it was not a uh, yellow brick road of uh, butterflies unicorns and little ponies uh, <sighs> wouldn't it be great if that was always real yeah um <laughs> You know, I, I often talk with people about, you know, designing like a perfect day and thinking about what a perfect day would be. And it's nice to, to do those every once in a while. But if life was just perfect all the time, it would get boring quite quick. It would be fun <laughs> to try out for three or four hours. But uh, I feel like the curveballs and bumps in the road keep life interesting. Definitely. I, I truly believe that every day is a new adventure. So we have to embrace it. 
I love that. I love that. So is there a specific incident that led you to uh, jumping into stress management, stress reduction, and um, just health in general? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'll give you the 30,000-foot backstory. Uh, (laughs) I grew up pretty active in the outdoors. Um, My father didn't really have a team growing up, so we didn't spend much time on the couch or the recliners um, yelling at the screen about anybody. Um, (laughs) We were more into the hiking and camping and fishing crowd. And uh, that just kind of carried through college where I went to school for exercise science down in South Jersey and uh, graduated from that, got a job in corporate wellness, uh, working for a company that worked that was staffing on-site fitness centers. And then I got a job running two medically-based wellness centers. So these are fitness centers that are open to the community, but owned by a hospital. So we saw everybody from cardiac rehab, physical therapy, all the way up to a triathlon training. So oh, wow. the full gambit of everybody. And uh, I met a pretty amazing person there who I ended up marrying. <laughs> well, that's always fun. Yeah. Bonus. Broke the old number one rule of HR of don't date the clients. <laughs> I know but, uh, my husband and I met working together as well. So we're both rule breakers. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We're in, we're in good company then. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it was uh, wonderful how it all happened. We can go into that in a different episode of the whole sliding doors Um but how the universe works is just amazing. And then my wife and I had a pretty magical first couple of years. And then we had a really chaotic hurricane of a few years in a row. Oh, wow. And uh, through that journey, uh, you always end up creating what you need for yourself. And Ain't that I was the truth? At just, yeah, I was at the end of just the, the max amount of stress that one person can handle. And I said, I need to develop a system to get myself out of this. And then as I perfected that and, you know, made all the forward progress, I said, I'd love to just share this with other parents of young kids that are going through a struggle time or feel like they're isolated because having a kid can, it totally changes your life. And people that you're friends with your whole life, if they don't have kids, it's, you know, to use Obi-Wan's term, it's from a completely different point of view. Um, life totally shifts. So uh, we had a really wild couple of years in a row. And uh, I just had to develop a system to get me out of it. Now I'm helping other parents with that, focusing on taking care of yourself so that way you can be the best person and be the best spouse and then be the best parent. I and love that. Yeah. And when you peel it back, it really has to be in that order. Because if we were to use the most overused analogy of that oxygen mask in a plane, it really is used so much because it hits the nail on the head. When you take the best care of yourself, you can take the best care of others, whether that's at work or at home or at play. Um, You have to meet your needs first. And it's very easy to put our needs on the back burner, especially anybody that is in the helping professions. We're good at putting ourselves on the back burner, but definitely look at that chronically. Even if you're not in the helping profession and you don't look at being a parent as a profession, that's, I feel like the number one thing I hear my parent friends talk about is they just feel depleted. Right, right. So it's, it's the basics. It's, it's sleep, it's movement, it's eating real food, drinking enough water, um, really is, does boil back to the essentials. And what I'm doing now with parents has a lot to do with simplification and delegation and time management and prioritization. 
and really so, has to be in the forefront. Absolutely. And so I am curious for you what the biggest, um, like you, you came to the realization that you were too stressed out to be the best person that you could be. So once you had that realization, what were some of the things that you decided to do and what were the challenges in implementing them? Because I feel like we talk all the time about like you have to drink more water and you have to eat better. And I don't know about you, but like I forget to drink all day long. Like if I'm busy, I'll just completely like blank out on taking care of myself. So that's a big challenge for me. And I know I'm not alone in that. And I don't know if that was a big challenge for you, but I'm wondering what challenges came up once you decided to make yourself better, you know, like started to do this program that you're talking about. Sure, sure. So it was, it was a long journey. And I don't want to say that there was one, you know, snap of a finger that everything fell into place because everybody's on a different journey. Well, but, and I uh, don't know anybody who snaps a finger and all right. of a sudden creates a new <laughs> habit. You know what I mean? I think that's right. one of my biggest things about this podcast is I want to get people talking about like what they personally struggled with because we always we hear so many to do's like how to's like the world of how to is so vast, but I don't think that people are having real conversation about like, okay, now that I know what to do and how to do this thing, what, like, how do I overcome the challenges in just implementing that thing? Sure. So the number one thing is not to overthink things because there's my biggest problem. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Overthinking and just that perfection paralysis of, you know, I'll drink enough water when I have the perfect water filtration and I have a environmentally (laughs) friendly straw and, you know, I don't have any deadlines and I don't have to worry about going to the bathroom. It's no, just, just have enough water. Right. (laughs) Um, You know, we don't have to wait until January 1st to start moving our bodies. Um, yes. I'm over here in Pennsylvania and it's starting to get cold. You know, there was ice on the windshield this morning, but yeah, I, I don't still miss went that. for a walk around the block <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, we have to just deal with all of the changes in the season, depending on where people are living and, uh, you know, just doing, just implementing, starting small. I work mm-hmm. with a lot of people on morning routines and evening routines. Which oh, is- that's interesting. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. So when you start your day intentionally, it sets you up for success the whole day, the whole rest of the day. Absolutely. So if you could imagine somebody in bed and then the ah, 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 crazy <laughs> alarm goes off and they have, you know, exactly 24 minutes to get up, dressed, shaved into the car, right into traffic versus somebody that maybe builds in a half hour earlier than that and they get up, they get their water, they make some decent food, maybe they go for a walk around the block, they have everything ready. So the night before, I always pack most of my lunchbox. I'll mm-hmm. even put the ice into my water cup. I use the, uh, the big Yeti tumblers. Nice. Uh, this is cool. so there's still ice the next day. Um, I've literally had one of those in my car for like a week and it still has ice. Oh, they're nuts. They're nuts. They're wonderful. They're They're also for all the women, I hate to say this totally sexist, but like for all the women listening, quite a weapon if you're hiking by yourself. Oh yeah. I could imagine this being used as a club. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Dual purpose. It fell off the top of my car and uh, didn't have any problems. So I could, I could see this being used for personal events, but (laughs) uh, 
one thing that's that's really vital that I started doing, uh, you know, within the last couple of years is doing a lot of things before we go to bed to set up for success the next day, yes. as well as supporting my wife and my son. So I'm the first one up in the house. Mm-hmm. So it's my time to go downstairs, open up the blinds, turn the lights on. I get everybody a water. I get my son's apple juice ready, his Flintstones Aww. vitamin. So that way when they come downstairs, it's just ready to go. Um, so when you start the day smooth in that proactive lens instead of a purely reactive lens all the time. Um, yeah. I uh, love that. I think yes. it's so interesting too, because what you're saying is a whole bunch of stuff. And what I came to realize was, because I, um, I, one of my really good friends is a total night owl. And in the last year, they've had to start getting up earlier because they got a new job. And we always talk about morning routine because I went for being a full on night owl. Like I used to not go to bed till three in the morning and now I'm a 5 a.m. Okay. And so we have this conversation and I'm like, you have to do it in increments, right? So yep. if you have a list of all the things that you want to have in your morning routine and you are the expert, so correct me if I'm wrong here, but like, this is how I did it. I had a whole list of things. Like I want to get up and meditate. I want to do yoga. I want to read a little bit. I want to write in my journal. Like I want to take a walk, all of those things. I started to write down and then next to them, I put a time And then I would just wake up, like I started with one. So 10 minutes of reading, I'm going to wake up 10 minutes earlier for the next month and just start making that part of a habit. Because I feel like for me, if I jump in and I try to do all of the things and make all of the change, it never works and I give up and then I'm done. Yes. Those are, that's, in the, that's, that's the same camp of the people that join a fitness center January 1st. <laughs> and as soon as that Super Bowl party or Valentine's Day chocolate hits, they're gone. Yep. I'm so totally guilty of that. Sometimes the people that jump on the wagon the hardest are the ones that fall off the hardest. So I am all about small intentional changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, See so if, if you had to imagine if you were on the shore, say you were on a beach and you were going to a different continent. When you think about your hands on that wheel, as you push off from the shore, each little one degree shift is going to end you in a very different location if you do it early on. Yeah, definitely. Waiting and waiting and waiting. And then you have to course correct. It's really going to be a lot more work to get to the same result. So those little small one degree shifts here and there change everything, change the, the outcome in a massive way. That's so awesome. It's so, it's so interesting. And so for you, when you uh, started to implement these changes, like how long did it take you? I think it's an, an ever evolving process, mm. but over the course of, you know, 90 days is a good time to really make a change. Uh, you know, six months of an activity is a change behavior. So it really does take a full six months to change a behavior. Um, If you modify your activities, you know, that 90 day period, then you get into a a rhythm and then that builds up to a habit and then it builds up to a behavior. And tell me the difference between a habit and a behavior. So a habit would be shorter term behavior. You can kind of do without thinking. So when you get into the car, you just throw your seatbelt on. So now I just kind of go through the motions in the morning. I go outside, I walk out the front door, even this morning when it was 29 degrees, and I take three really deep breaths, (laughs) deep (laughs) breaths in through my nose, and then I walk over back into the house, I get my water, and I no longer need the morning routine list. 
but I needed it for those first three months mm. as I was starting to build it for myself and figuring out what works for me. Um, Oh, I love that. I talk about that all the time and it's my favorite topic is the idea of figuring out what works for you. So what was that process like for you? Did you like write a list of all the things that the experts were saying were important and then like try to figure out which ones actually, because I feel like if you don't do it consistently, it's not worth like anything. Right. You have to figure out again, perfect. Uh, you know, figuring out what works for you and individualizing it. Mm-hmm. So making it fun. So for me, one of the walks that I do is out in the woods. And for me, I love the wilderness. And there's a place, you know, a quarter mile from my house that I can get to where when I get in where the pines are, I, I don't hear any cars going by. Mm-hmm. And it's just wonderful. Other people would hate that. Um, but it's whatever works for you. Some people love to get up and go to the gym first thing in the morning. Other people, the gym works for them in the evening. It's really individualizing what works for that person. And that's why it's fun to kind of work together. So I do a lot with groups and individuals. And, you know, I, I truly believe that life is just a big trial and error. Um, and especially when you get into being a parent, you really have to look through that lens because as soon as you get used to, especially when the kids are little, little, as soon as you get used to a stage, they change. They outgrow it. <laughs> and, you, and you start from scratch. You look at your spouse and you're like, yeah, we got this. And then like four hours later, we don't have this. <laughs> Never mind. But we're in it together. So it's all good. Um, and so, I remember yeah. you talking at the retreat where we met that about how um, how I feel like maybe I'm wrong. This community that you've created for parents evolved. Didn't it start with you loving to be out in the woods and then trying a meetup? Am I remembering yes. that correctly? I love that story. So yeah, so let's talk about I, that because I feel like oftentimes we think we have to go at this alone, or we have to sign up with a coach, or we have to go right. to an established organization. But you created it yourself, right? So uh, this was, I think, 2014. Um, I had been, I grew up hiking and kayaking and canoeing and everything. So to me, that was just what you did on Saturday, um, and then when I was at college, you know, earlier than 2014, I met a lot of people that would come up to visit my neck of the woods, which was definitely more rural than where they had grown up. So I exposed them, some, exposed them to some different things and they really enjoyed it. And I had this thought in the back of my head for the longest time to like, I should start a small hiking club. And at the time I was doing a lot more of the health and lifestyle coaching where it was really just health. Now it's a little bit of everything more focused to stress and time management. Mm-hmm. You know, health is one of the, the pillars there of health, happiness and structure. But uh, I was really focused just on the health so I said well maybe I'll call the events hike for your health and I thought about that for a while and we were out in New York City with friends of friends and we met this girl um, who was a friend of our friend Megan and somehow the topic of hiking came up it's weird a lot of my conversations Jeeps Star Wars and hiking ends up in the conversation (laughs) I still haven't figured out how that happens um, well you attract what you put out (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's what you love. So right. So we're talking about hiking and she said, you know, I've always wanted to try hiking. I see it on Instagram, but <laughs> I don't know where to go. I don't know what to bring and I don't want to go by myself. And I just had this light bulb where I was like, oh my God, this is so selfish not to create 
this hiking group. So I said, all right, two weeks from now, are you free on this date? Would you come out? So she drove like an hour and a half because she lived all the way over in the city. And uh, we got a group of 20 people together. And That's huge. It was awesome. <laughs> How uh, fun. Yeah. So I've been doing these all through Facebook. And over the years, we've done 33 of them. And we're over 500 people led. And uh, it's just amazing some wow. of the people I've met because of this. And this is not bear grills, man versus wild, drink your own urine, hiking. This is very <laughs> much you know, a, a walk in the woods for the uh, generally conditioned or slightly deconditioned person. Um, nice. We're going for an hour, sometimes a couple hours, and I'll tell everybody ahead of time in the event description of this is more of a mountain, and if you have a knee problem, this probably isn't the best hike for you, or this was a rail bed at one point where the train came through. So it is dead flat essentially the entire time and it's well-maintained. Uh, and then that evolved over the years to once we had a kid, we said, well, let's evolve hike for your health. And now we call it tots on the trail. Oh and, my gosh. Uh, that's it's freaking there. adorable. <laughs> uh, so it's you know stroller friendly hiking where oh, that's you know, we can cool. the kids with the outdoors and you know, there's just, you know, we could go for a whole podcast episode about, you know, the screen addiction and everything. I just did a, a feature in my group um, with Jeff, who I met through Jake as well. And he is a play specialist. He, he does professionals at play. And we oh, had a wonderful cool. discussion about kids and screens and, you know, social dynamics. So um, that'll be posted in the group next week. But uh, yeah, it's amazing how that has evolved over the years. And I just ended up creating my true meetup account. I've been doing everything through Facebook. So I'm really excited to Ooh, congratulations. grow that. Yeah. Um, the people I work with, uh, I, that's totally remote. So they can be anywhere. But then I also do these live events in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and New York. That is so cool. Sorry, I'm making a little note here um, because I want to get the link for the group that you're talking about where that screens conversation is going to be posted. So totally. I can post the link on the show page for this episode. So anybody listening, I uh, whatever Ryan does is amazing. Seriously, um, <laughs> you should check it out. But I love what you're saying about uh, getting people on the trails because I know for me, like I grew up in Minnesota in a rural environment. Um, I grew up in town, but it was a town with 2006 people and it was like two miles square. And my friend and I would walk all the time. Like we loved walks. Um, and we, uh, you know, my grandparents grew up in the middle of nowhere and there were all these trails behind their house. So I've been in the environment of hiking in the woods before, but when we first moved to California, like they have all these mountains and there's all these trails, but you... It, they're almost intimidating. I don't know about everyone who's listening or even you, Ryan, but like if it's someplace new, I almost feel like I need to be invited to go. <laughs> like, right. And that helps you so to give yourself permission. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Because I'm like, uh, you hear all these stories like out here about the, um, the coyotes and the mountain lions and the snakes. And I'm just like, I have no idea. Like a bear, fine. I grew up with bears. I know what to do. Uh, but a coyote, I'm like, oh, what, is you know, what do you do? And so I love that you're like, I have this experience. I have this knowledge. I'm not afraid. Let's go together. Um, right. What a great gift to give 
the people around you, you know, because I know a lot of people want to go hiking and have zero idea how to start, or even the fact that you need to bring a water bottle. Like this is all basic information for people who've been doing it forever, but not for people who are just brand new. Cause I remember my first hike up the mountain, I didn't bring water. Like who does that? I'm up at the top and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I might die. (laughs) Right. And then you have both ends of the spectrum and people bring far too much and yes. <laughs> I did that for a longer walk hike. every every ounce counts but one yeah. of the reasons I wanted to bring this up is just nature is so therapeutic and helpful yeah. um, whenever I'm feeling stressed out or overwhelmed or I need to think through something I get out into nature and I just move my body and again it doesn't have to be these crazy hikes it can be a walk at a local park but when you're out you're getting that fresh air you're moving your body it enables your brain to process things. I'm all about marinate on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people use the term meditate. I think marinate is another fun term because you have so to kind of turn it around in there and really work things out. But when we went through those crazy few years, I really did. I spent a lot of time in nature and it really helped you know, me to take care of myself. So that way I could take care of my wife and take care of my son and yeah. you know, be supportive to everybody. I love that. Right. In the course of two years, we, uh, let's see, I had an injury at work where a chair exploded behind me and injured my lumbar spine. I was in physical therapy for that and it wasn't really making any progress. Then they sent me for an MRI scan. And when I'm in the tube, the tech goes, do you get a lot of headaches? I said, well, no. Why? He's like, well, I can't really talk about it. I was like, why would you ask me if oh I get headaches when like, I'm in an really? MRI tube? Um, <laughs> so long story short, they brought me back in for a head scan. Yeah, there, there's something in your skull. I was oh, like, God. wonderful. Thank you. Tell me more. <laughs> so they sent all the scans to the neurologist. Long story short, it's something that has been there since I was born. It has no effect on me, but oh, that was good. a long time of wondering. You know, well, was, yeah, like talk about stress. Right. The not knowing is the worst part. It's like, right. you know, you can at least do something. Right. And that fear of the unknown or the fear mm-hmm. of the unexpected is wild. And again, oh, in man. the course of those two years, uh, I bought another vehicle to make the commute back and forth to New Jersey. When we moved um, from New Jersey to Pennsylvania, um, a couple months after that, we unfortunately lost our first son or miscarriage with zero notice. Oh, God. And then I lost my grandmother. I think it was about three months later. And then six days after that, I was let go from the hospital I worked at um, as part of oh budget cuts that production. And then my wife lost her job about a month after that. And then our son was born, but it was a scary pregnancy the whole time because we had no signs the first time that there was a loss. So we really didn't enjoy that pregnancy. It was kind of oh, crazy wow. scary, but you know, I'm very thankful that the universe deleted that position with the hospital because we were able to go to every single um, appointment. Oh my God. I'm so sorry that all of that, that you were going through all of that. Wow. Yeah, it's, and that's the thing. Everybody has a unique story. Every single person that I know, everybody, every single person I've worked with or spoken with, yeah, everybody has a drama or a trauma in their life. Every single person. Yeah. So that's why it's so important to be kind to people that you don't know. Or if somebody seems like 
they're a pain in the ass or they're an aggressive person, maybe that person is in pain. Yeah. You know, when I was in low back pain, my tolerance for little stuff was diminished. You know, that definitely shortens your fuse when you're in chronic pain like that. Absolutely. Um, That's why I feel like those of us who have come through that and can be examples of, of the reality that you can overcome things that are diagnosed as chronic. I, that's why it's so important to me to share those stories. Right. You know, and then talk about how, because like when you were talking about how nature helped you, right. I was thinking about the fact that for me, it is 100% this neighborhood in Burbank, California, that like calms me down every time I go there. And nice. it's in the city. It's not out in, you know, it's not Griffith Park. It's not, it's, yeah. it's a neighborhood. But I think it reminds me of um, like a Midwestern neighborhood. And so it brings me back to where I grew yeah. up and I feel very grounded. And Yeah, my flavor. Exactly. Like it's so important to go back to what we were talking about from the beginning, like finding the thing that works for you. Right. Because it's going to be different for everybody. I love that you were able to find nature and that it brought you peace during this. Gosh, it's just, that's a lot of stuff to happen all at once. Yeah, that's, and that's part of the iceberg. It's not even all of it, but we we can go into that a a different day. But uh, yeah, that's one thing I really just want to share with a lot of different people. And I have kind of a, a fun analogy I use when I speak to companies about it was, you know, Genevieve, do you have, do you like chicken Parmesan? Um, I'm a vegetarian, but when I wasn't a vegetarian, yes. Eggplant Parmesan, however, I will eat by the day. Okay, let's go after (laughs) eggplant Parmesan. So at some point in your life, you pushed yourself out of your comfort zone and you tried eggplant Parmesan. Right. And now you love it. It's my favorite. (laughs) But there was your whole life leading up to that point where you didn't know that you liked eggplant Parmesan. Uh, Yeah. So you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. You have to try new things and just keep that, we use the term, you know, naive positivity, just keep moving forward. I love the term active curiosity of just Mm -hmm. keep trying things. That's my, that's what what I think aggressive optimism is. Totally. It's like the idea that you're going to find something that works. Right. You just have to be aggressive about the exploration of it, you know? Um, I totally agree. I love that. And my story is actually, because sometimes that's painful. The exploration is not always easy and it's not always fun if you don't have the right mindset. And for me growing up in Minnesota, like we thought black pepper and white onions were spicy. I'm not even kidding you. I would not eat white onions growing up because they were too spicy. Wow. Okay. Cut to 17 year old Jenna on a plane (laughs) to Thailand for six months. (laughs) And Southern Thailand to boot, where the food is even more spicy than Northern Thailand. Wow. The first like month, there was literally nothing I could eat except for wow. rice. And then one day, my host mom had made a whole pot of curry and it was in the kitchen. And I remember going, if you don't learn to like spicy food or at least tolerate it, you're going to die. <laughs> like this is a reality, right? So that's a strong why. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was like, that's what okay. pushes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You got to do it. And I remember I filled this big bowl up with the curry with no rice, no cucumbers, no water. Ooh, and I sat in the fan and just ate it and cried. It hurt <laughs> so bad. 
But after that, I've pretty much burned off my taste buds at that point, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I you went big. Okay, I did because it was it was life or death at that point because we lived in the country and they didn't speak English, and so I it was really difficult to explain to them how painful the food was. <laughs> um, but like, that's what I mean. You have to believe that you can do something. And then right. be aggressive about figuring out how. And sometimes that how is going to be painful in the, in the like first part of it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yes. I forget which podcast I heard this in, but you choose your discomfort, growth, oh, stagnation. Interesting. And I think about that a lot. Of okay, what I'm doing right now is not working. I have to try something different. And that's been the whole evolution that is now adventurous parents. So supporting parents to take care of themselves, to be the best person, to be the best um, spouse, to be the best parent and do that in a fun way. So that's why, you know, I titled it adventurous parents because we want to aspire to have fun and try new things and have those fun experiences with our kids instead of just another piece of plastic. Um, The Mm -hmm. holidays are right around the corner. So if you're listening to this before Christmas or anything that you celebrate, you know, maybe instead of another plastic toy, maybe here's a gift card to go to the zoo for the day. Uh, I love that. My sister's actually sent out an email about that for the holidays. She's like, look, the boys have enough toys. Right. But we love going to the movies. We love going to the museum. We love doing all these things. So she basically listed out all the things that they love to do. And my other sister's like that too. Like I always try to give them adventures or experiences rather than toys. So much. I mean, how many toys can one person play with? Well, there's a a (laughs) subtitle, at least in my mind, that there is no such thing as too many Legos. So I just have to throw that in there. (laughs) I would definitely agree with that. (laughs) I love me some Legos as well. It's so funny. Anyways, shopping for... um, my nephew's one, his first birthday was last month and we were going up and I always like to get the other two boys a present too. Cause they don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And so my husband and I were in the section. I'm like, I want all these Legos. And yes. he's like, none of the boys are old enough to play with them yet. I'm like, God dang it. <laughs> I cannot wait till they are big enough to play with like, especially the Harry Potter Legos. I oh, cannot yeah. wait. Yeah. Yeah. We were eyeing up platform nine and three quarters last time we were at the mall. It was very cool, but it's important for adults to bring that in as well. You know, all the workshops I do, I hand out Legos for people to play with. Every person gets to pick three or four crayons of different colors. Oh my gosh. I want to come to your workshop. When are you doing one in LA? (laughs) (laughs) I do travel. Um, but I encourage people to play because the studies have shown that when you are doodling or having fun, your retention and focus is amplified instead of just having to sit in a chair. Um, right. You know, the attention span of most people in 2019 is, is quite short. So if you want to draw a dinosaur, you know, I'm happy to, to vote the best stegosaurus in the group at the end of the presentation. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's important to, you know, ex- expand that box, turn it into a sandbox a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think it's so interesting too, because people always talk about how it's the time, like a sign of the times, but I doodled my entire life. Sure. Like, I think that that's just a pretty normal thing that has maybe just come into light now because there's so many options for like the multitasking. But um, 
I love that. And I definitely retain. That's why I love to take notes yep. on paper because right. otherwise I'm like, you could have told me something a hundred times and I probably wouldn't remember right. unless I write it down. And so it just makes sense. At least. Right. So I, I know we're going a little bit over on time, but I just want to throw this one thing in because you brought up multitasking. Mm-hmm. An important thing that I talk about with all the parents, especially uh, multitasking is fine. I can walk and I can drink my water at the same time, or I can drive and listen to a podcast, you know, subliminally, I get some of the messages or I can walk the dog and, you know, put a hat on at the same time. But multitasking is very different than multifocusing. Mm. I think a lot of people confuse those two or, or don't know that there's a difference. But yeah, that's interesting. Multi-focusing is what's not possible. Multitasking is fine, but a, a task is very different than a focus. Mm. So if I am going to say if someone is going to school in a certification program to be a plumber and they're reading about electricity – or they're reading about carpentry, it's not pushing them towards plumbing. So if somebody That's is so working interesting. on a project, mm-hmm. what, what is either supporting or sidetracking you from getting to where you're going? Yeah, no, I totally get it and, and 100% agree. That's really interesting. And I feel like maybe you should come on. I'm, I just did a Just Jenna episode about um, opportunity versus distraction. And I think that that's exactly what it is, right? It's like, okay, you can do all of these things, which is what you're saying is multitasking, but the real opportunity comes from that focused project. Right. And how can you use your energy and your resources in your expert zone? So one of my Mm -hmm. clients wanted to read a lot more and spend time with her girlfriends. So we said, okay. And through a process of exploration, we had her, you know, cut her cable bill, hire a house cleaner with that. I'm using air quotes, found money, but Uh we reallocated that. And now she doesn't have the endless pit of Netflix for two hours every night. She's spending time reading books. And then Saturday mornings, she's gone out to brunch and she's not scrubbing the toilet. Like that can be delegated. Absolutely. That's so fantastic. (laughs) It's just, where do you put your emphasis? I love that. Oh my gosh. We need to have another podcast episode about where do you put your emphasis? Because um, it's all about choice, right? Right. We have the same 24 hours that Oprah and The Rock and everybody else has. Exactly. Oh, that's so... How do we structure those activities? Yeah. That's so good. Okay. So if you could give our audience one piece of advice, what would it be? Cool. One piece of advice, other than get out into nature, which is a big one for me. Mm -hmm. um, Really, one thing that I encourage everybody to to be is to really be yourself. Yes. do what makes you happy, even if it's not in perfect alignment with what other people want or what other people think. Um, and it's okay to do activities by yourself. You know, my wife is very supportive of me to go to truck shows every once in a while. And if you can't tell from the, this podcast so far, I'm a huge Jeep fan. <laughs> so I will go drool on these Jeeps at a couple car shows a year. And that's just something fun that my son and I do, but my wife is supportive of that. Not just you're spending more time at a truck show. 
she encourages that. I encourage time for her to do st fun stuff. She's going out tonight with the mom's club. So Cole and I, our son Cole, we're hanging out and it really is that dynamic balance. Um, so if I had to really peel it back to one thing, one piece of advice is to realize that when people are talking about life balance, whether it's work-life balance or home or, you know, fun or whatever, whatever kind of balance they're trying to go for is realizing the balance is not a static point. Mm. Even when we're say, you know, doing an exercise or yoga or we're standing on one leg, I'm standing here at my standing desk on one leg right now, as I say this, <laughs> we're still doing a lot of movement all throughout our body to keep ourselves up on one leg. Mm. So balance really is a dynamic average. It is not a static point. Mm, I love that. And balance is different for everybody. So be exactly. you. So exactly. good. So good. And what's your biggest resource? Biggest resource would be nature. I think that so many people just, it's, it's so simple. It's like going for a walk, but it's the implementation of just walking out your door. Or if you were to look at your your home on a map and draw a one hour radius, you know, mm -hmm. the amount of different things that you can do in under an hour's drive from your home is pretty amazing. And I really think it's a return to traditions and it's only in the last 50 years or so that we've spent so much time inside mm. and we've seen so many changes. And I, I truly believe that there's a direct correlation there of spending time in nature. So yeah, I, I can't claim, uh, you know, responsibility for that resource, <laughs> but I can encourage people to get out there and enjoy it. That's amazing. And do you have a favorite quote? Favorite quote? Sure. So uh, when I was younger working in construction landscape, my boss, who's still a very close friend and I really look up to him as a mentor, has on the back of all of his trucks, there is no substitute for experience. Mm. And I really That's believe great. that that plays into that individualized happiness and individualized interest of there is no substitute for experience. So we, as we record this, are days away from the Disney Plus platform launching, ah, um, yes. <laughs> which is Disney's version of Netflix. So mm -hmm. a lot of parents, they're excited about that. And one of the things I'm really excited about is they're going to offer all of the National Geographic offerings as well. Oh, cool. Because that is under the Disney umbrella. And that's wonderful to, to watch on an NHD TV. <laughs> but it's also really important to go out there and experience nature for yourself. Because when you're watching those cute little penguins, you don't realize it's 20 below zero. <laughs> so really, there is no substitute for experience. And you have to try new things. You have to go, go, go and be aggressively positive. I love that so much. And I... um. I'm excited, so excited to share your community with parents. And I'm going to post that on the show page, you guys, at aggressiveoptimism.com under Ryan Dumpy's uh, show page. So definitely check that out. It is not to be missed. Ryan is seriously one of the coolest people I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, Ryan, thank you for being on the show. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, Jen, this was wonderful. Thank you. And uh, I look forward to helping anybody in your community. Ah. Thank you. And everybody who's listening, you guys rule. I love you so much. Thank you so much for your time and your energy and your input on Instagram and Facebook. I really do cherish the fact that you listen to the show. And remember, you guys, if you dream it, you can achieve it. 
Uh, You've been listening to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Until then, have a great day. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you'll join me next time. The Aggressive Optimism Podcast is made possible through affiliate programs. So if you'd like to support the podcast and get some really great products for yourself, head on over to the offerings page at aggressiveoptimism.com. And if you want a little more aggressive optimism in your life, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Jenna Edwards Life. I'll see you over there. Until then, have a good one.